from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Ah, yes. Good morning. Welcome to Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, live on Friday morning. I'm Matt Wilson. I hope you had a good week. Close of the month coming up. Is it today? Is today the last day of the month? I don't even know. It is last day of the month. RDR, guys, RDR. Have you seen the promotion for this movie, Smile, the horror movie, Smile? Maybe you didn't even know it was a promotion, but uh, if you were watching uh, some baseball last week, you may have seen that there was this creepy woman. I think it was the Oakland Athletics game. This creepy woman standing behind home plate or, you know, in the stands, front row, behind home plate. So you're in the camera shot. She was wearing a T-shirt that said smile on it. And she had a really creepy smile on her face. And she just stood up and had a creepy smile on her face like the entire game. And everyone was like, what the heck is going on here? No one knew. And then it happened at a Dodgers game, happened at a Yankees game, and it happened on the Today Show. And then uh, it came out that it was a promotion for a uh, horror movie coming out called Smile or The Smile, something like that. And I was like, man, what a genius promotion. What a genius way to promote your movie. Because think about it. Like instead of buying commercials and spending all this time promoting the movie and going on a press tour and all, you know, billboards and all the expenses that go into promoting a movie, they essentially did it for cheap. How much could tickets be? How much could a, a front row or a pair of front row seats be at an Oakland Athletics game? They're 56 and 100. They, there's no reason for them to be playing baseball. So what does a ticket cost? 200 bucks, maybe? I mean, all right, so it's front row. It's probably luxury, maybe $300. Well, it's a lot cheaper than a billboard in downtown LA promoting your movie. What a genius marketing way. And then it, it kind of becomes, it takes on a life of its own because now people are doing it. People who aren't being paid to do it or are presumably not getting their tickets bought for them by the movie, they're doing it. So it takes on a life of its own, kind of like Baba Booey. Right, People see the smile thing, they think it's creepy, they think it's cool, and now they're doing it. And now it's all over TikTok. In fact, you can go to a website and you can post a video or a photo of yourself doing it at an event. It's, it's the smile version of Baba Booey or hit him with the hind. It takes on a life of its own. Very smart promotion. I love that. We used to call that guerrilla marketing back when I worked in radio, doing something to promote your radio station or promote an event that wouldn't cost you any money because it, radio stations have no money. So this is, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, we would do guerrilla marketing. This is like guerrilla marketing. You shell out a couple hundred bucks for some baseball tickets. You pay the person, whatever you pay them. And you say, hey, I need you to stand there for two and a half hours with a creepy smile on your face wearing this T-shirt. Boom. Genius. Really love it. I love that kind of stuff. I am not going to see the movie because I don't like horror movies because I get scared easily. But anyway, genius marketing. And that's what that is if you, uh, if you haven't seen it. 
And yes, the A's are a double checked 56 and 100. Great year for them. Great year. Uh, so I was on TikTok yesterday and I came across uh, somehow I'm, I'm now on automotive talk, right? I'm getting lots of automotive content uh, on my uh, TikTok page. And I came across a TikTok video of a person leaving a review about a dealership experience that they had. By the way, if you want to get on the the uh, show this morning, you can you can call in 203-665-8305 to get on live. 203-665-8305. And mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson presented by Anchor and by silverbackadvertising.com. So, I'm on the TikTok and I see this video and I thought, "Oh, this would be good to talk about." So, I'm going to play the audio for you. And we are um we'll talk about it. So, uh, it's called, uh, the, the guy is at PB squammer on TikTok. Where do they come up with these names? So I went to go buy, so I went to go buy a car yesterday at this dealership. I don't care. I'm, I'm name dropping. So I walk in the price online was 23,000, which is a great deal for the car that it was 23 was a great price. So I get there and I'm like, Hey, the price is still 23. And they're like, absolutely. So I test drive it. Great. I'm like, awesome. So we go to work numbers and they're like, okay. So we've broken down the costs and I'm like, Hey, what's that right there? That $2,500. And they're like, Oh, that's the blazer cost. I'm like the blazer. And they're like, well, yeah, it's a package that we have to add on. Basically, Come on. Basically what it is, is it comes with two years of free maintenance and some floor mats for the car. And I was like, Oh no, thank you. I don't, I don't want that. I, I don't have any use for that. And they're like, Oh no, it's not optional. So the price is one price online. And then the customer is sitting at the desk and it's a different price. Just in case you're not following. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's not an optional package. It's $2,500. And I was like, so the car is twenty five five, not 23. And they're like, no, the car's still 23. And I'm like, okay, then I don't want the package and I'll pay for it at 23. And they're like, well, no, you still have to pay for the package. And I'm like, okay, well, then I'm going to leave. And then they're like, well, what can we do to make this work? And I was like, you can charge me 23, which is what the price is. And they're like, well, we can come down half of that price. And I was like, no, no. I, I want to pay the 23. There's no half for anything like that. I came down here for the price that was listed. I'm not paying over that price and I'm not paying for this weird BS package. And they're like, well, it covers maintenance for the first two years. And I'm like, it's a fairly new car maintenance at best, just oil changes. That's at most what? 200 bucks. So you're just ripping me off $2,300. And they're like, well, it comes with floor mats. And I was like, I can get floor mats for $50 on the internet. I don't need those floor mats. And then the best part is after we have this argument for a while, they go and get the hire manager. And then after he comes, he's like, all right, well, let me go speak to my boss. And he leaves and I'm sitting at the salesman's desk for like 20 minutes. And then after a while, the salesman goes, um, are you waiting for something? And I was like, yeah, for the sales manager to come back. And he goes, oh, he's not coming back. I was like, what? He's like, oh, no. I love that. Oh, he's not coming back. No, he went home like 20 minutes ago. And I was like, he just left. Like this dude was like, he's not making a deal. I'm just leaving. He said he was coming back and he just didn't. So weird. Uh, crazy. I mean, all right. So, so, so the, the methodology behind that I'm, and I'm, I'm assuming I don't know the store and I don't know the people at the store, but as having spent plenty of time on the ground as a marketing director at a group, the methodology behind that is the car online is $23,000, right? but they're selling it for 25.5. So why is it 23 on online? Well, so it shows up on cars.com and auto trader. And when people sort by price, 
or uh, they see what that car is being sold for at other dealerships, they undercut that price and put it online at 23. So you're on cars.com and you see two cars and you go, oh man, this one's 23. Why is that one 26? Crap, I'm going to get the 23 one. So the dealership wants to get you in the door. And then when we get you in the door, then we'll just, we'll just crank it to you, man. We'll tighten the screws until you buy the car. You already want the car. You're already hooked on the car. You test drove it. You like the way it looks. You researched it online for two days before you came in. And oh, by the way, it's 25.5. Well, the hope is you're already in love with it and you're just going to be like, all right, well, I guess I'll get it. But that is no way to conduct yourselves. There's a store in Connecticut that does that and it is totally dishonest. And if you, rev- you, if you read their reviews of the store in Connecticut, not the store that uh, PB Squammer was talking about on TikTok, but if you read the reviews on the store in Connecticut that does that, they are not favorable. People don't want to be jerked around. And listen, I love the automotive industry. Love it. Been in it for 10 years now. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Uh, I, I love it. But, and there's this positive vibe out there. There's these, there's the, there's the group in automotive that wants to elevate us and help us rise. And it's a people business. And I agree with all those guys. But the fact of the matter is, is there are dealers out there who do not care about the industry. They don't care how we look to the public. They don't care that it's a people business. They just want to make money and go home. And that's fine. We're all working to make money. We're all in business to make money. I get it. And I get the movement that's out there. The Automotive State of the Union and Kyle and Paul and 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 Matt and that whole gang. I get it. I understand. We want to be positive. We want to elevate our industry change the perception of us. But the problem is, is those of us that agree with that, the good dealers, the good agencies, the good people, it's not about us understanding. It's about the dealers that are on the bottom. It's about the profit first. Don't care about the people guys. It's about the dealers that just don't give a shit about that stuff that we have to get, that we have to talk to. And they don't want to hear it. Like this dealer that PB Squammer was talking about. They want to sell that car. They don't care if it gives them a bad reputation. They don't care if a salesperson doesn't like doing it and quits in six months. And I don't know, maybe it's the part of the country I'm in. I'm in, the, I'm in New England, and I'm saying a lot of those dealers are probably in New York, Long Island, New Jersey. And luckily for me, none of my clients at my agency are like that. I've got really good dealers. Uh, and sometimes I'll pick and choose who I work with because I want to work with really good dealers. And I have friends that are really good dealers and I know lots of really good dealers, but there are lots of really bad dealers. And unless those dealers make changes, there's no way that we can change the perception of our industry in the public. It's those dealers that hold us back and you can't change it. So listening to that video, that guy, I'm assuming did not buy the car because I would not have bought the car. I've been in similar situations. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think I did a whole episode about it, about an experience I had at a Jeep dealership. You can go back and listen to it if you want. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, You know, you can go back and listen to it if you want. It's called, I'm trying to look up what it's called, where I had a similar similar, uh, experience. But the bottom line is, is it, 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 it... 
those dealers, we have to, we have to, those guys don't care. I don't know what we do about that, but those guys just don't care. If you want to get in uh, on the podcast and uh, you have anything you want to say, you want to get on live, uh, the number is 203-665-8305. That's 203-665-8305. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk to Wendy Reeves about uh, about what's going on in the world of BDC and some ways that our BDCs can perform better. And, you know, I'd like to talk about how how, how dealers think about their BDCs. I also want to mention, I saw on, um, actually, let's answer this call first, then we'll, then we'll get on to the next topic. Uh, hello, you're on the show. Who's this? Oh, you're not on the show. Hold on. Well, wrong button. Salby. There we go. Hello, Dave. Who? This is Dave Salby uh, trying to get through some technical difficulties with the MMAMW show. Got it now. Dave Salvi, automotive industry professional, finance manager, sales manager, wholesale guy. He's done it all. What's up, Dave? What can what can what do you want to talk about? Well, I I can speak directly to this issue because I actually left an organization for this issue. Okay, and you just I, and I, look. I don't know regionally how this plays out nationally, but I can tell you in our region, it's pretty. This happens a lot, and I remember sitting in a meeting with a dealer principal, uh, an investor, a group of sales managers with this new organization that bought out my previous organization, Mm -hmm. they're putting together the sales plan. They're getting input from the managers that are currently there. And they say, Hey guys, we got this great idea. We're going to put the prices online $5,000 lower than everybody else. And then we're going to write the deal as soon as they walk in. Then we're going to ship the folder to the finance department. And all you finance guys are going to have to keep it together and explain the destination charge, the certification charge, the prep fee, the maintenance fee, and we're going to actually be getting all that money back. This is great for you guys. We're going to pre-pack it all with back-end product. It's going to look great. And I raised my hand and I said, guys, this is not sales. We are in the automotive sales business. This is not sales. This is snake oil. I was like, this is, if we want to advertise a lower price online and then put, you know, we have to add back in the rebate. This includes all incentives. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. I said, but actually pre-packing all this stuff, discounting the price, and then expecting your departments to kind of pick up the pieces, and then everybody scrambles like cockroaches when the customer raises their hand and says, hey, this is a problem. That's a bad look. I was like, why are we going to try to alienate hundreds and hundreds of our customers monthly to try to make the same money we would make if we just advertised our pricing honestly and and we're up front with the customers. And it was like I was speaking to a room of crickets. Everybody goes, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. Nobody will come in. You, you can't advertise that price. Nobody will come in the door. And I said, right, but if, it's, if that's the price of the product that they're purchasing, then why are we trying to hide it? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. So I actually ended up leaving that organization after these policies got instituted because I, and I said to the guys when I left on my exit interview, I said, look, I don't want to feel like I need to take a shower when I leave work because what we're doing is not actual sales. Yeah. I want to sell a product. I want to offer value to our clients and I want them to refer people back to us. I don't want to go into a fist fight every time I have a conversation with a client. That's not sales. Yeah. So as soon as you started talking about this topic and I heard 
the consumer speaking. I'm like, you know what? Uh, this is something I have to call in about because unfortunately I feel like there is a trend or there has been a trend at least recently in our geographic area that this is a way to get people through the door. And I think it's, there are better ways. Partner with better marketing people. Use better ideas. Use your social media better. Use your customers as your advertising for how well you treated them. They will come through the door. Believe me, they will. You do not have to pull the rug out from under them and blind them with cheap prices to get them in and continue this charade that car dealers are liars and snake oil salesmen. We don't have to do that anymore. It's not 1975. I wonder if part of it is regional because I I think part of the part of the part of the thought process for those dealers, like those dealers know this customer is only buying one car. This experience is, and we don't care. This is not, we're not grooming a repeat lifelong customer. But for that to work, you have to be in a market or a part of the country where you have an essentially an unlimited supply of customers. So if you're in Des Moines, or you're in, I'm trying to think of the name of a small town, Bangor, Maine, like a small city, or you're in Johnson City, Tennessee. I stole that from the song Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. But anyway, if you're in Johnson City, Tennessee, there's a finite number of customers. You can't go making everybody mad for buying one car. You need the repeat customers. But if you're here in New England, you're in New York, you're in Long Island, you're in Hartford, you're in Boston, Ah, shoot, you're never going to run out of people who need cars. So who cares if their experience is terrible? You sold them a car this month. Right. The, the problem with that mindset is you sold them a car this month. You know who you're not going to sell a car to? Their best friend. You know who you're not going to get the opportunity to service their car? That guy. You know who's not calling you when he needs a alternator? None of them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're spending so much more time defending yourself on social media. Guys, the consumer has a voice nowadays. And I'm not saying that you have to give everything away for free. Profit's not a dirty word, but you can do both. It is possible. You can make money and you can make customers happy. You stop looking at customers as disposable Lego pieces. All right, well, we got this one. We built this deal on this guy. The rest of the Legos, we blew up this one, but we're not worried about it because there's 40 more Lego pieces walking through the door. Let, let me tell you what, guys. That's, in today's world, people will travel an hour to find the deal, to find the person who has the active social media presence that engages their customers, that listens to the people, and that understands their environment, right? What are people really looking for? People are looking for a seamless experience from start to finish. That's what they want. So why not give it to them? They'll pay more for it. Trust me, they will. If that's your concern, give them good service. And people, I used to, our selling feature used to say, look, we're 100% transparent. You're going to know exactly what you're paying and exactly what you're getting from the time you sign the buyer's order until the time you walk out of the door. You can probably find a cheaper price somewhere else, but you will not find this experience somewhere else. And we understand. Some people may be all about price. I don't care if I have to spend four hours in a dealership and get beat over the head all day long. I just want to save that 800 bucks. You know what, sir? Best of luck to you. We're 800 bucks more. We don't do business like that. Yeah. That's it. I have a dealer like that. And you know what? They do pretty well. You do. And you establish relationships with your customers. Who wants to go to work and have to defend your business all day long and your practices? I would much rather go to work in an environment 
where my customer walks in smiling and says, hey, good to see you guys again. I brought my cousin with me. He's looking for this. See what you can do for him. That is how I want to live my life. And that's how I feel like all sales should be, whether you're selling furniture, whether you're selling a tractor, whether you're selling jewelry, whatever it is, it should not be an adversarial relationship. It should be, here's what I have to offer. Let me find out what you need and let me fit the products I have for what you're looking for. And we can do it together. It's, this is not rocket science, guys. Dave Stalvey with the first Lego analogy of the month. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I apologize for calling in and blowing up your show, but this is something that I feel like I'm very passionate about. And I feel like more dealers in general, at least in our geographical area, need to understand we can do it. We can be profitable. We can have high customer retention rates and we can do it without trying to, to pull the wool over the customer's eyes for lack of a better word. I always appreciate appreciate the input. You didn't blow up my show, but you do need you, you do need to go have a cup of decaf, okay? Listen, espresso was on sale today, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt Wilson. Right. Always a pleasure to listen. Thank you. See ya. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk to Wendy Reeves, founder at BDC Angels. Talk a little bit about what's going on in the BDC world back in just like a minute-ish. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast, let me tell you about Anchor. Not like the anchor that comes off a boat that helps the boat stay in place by like landing on the, the bottom of a lake or an ocean. Anchor as in the platform that helps make your podcast easy. Anchor is owned by Spotify and it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. So you record it, you put it on the Anchor, and then they blast it out to all the platforms people use to listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you know, all them other ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And you know, you know the old saying, if it's free, it's for me. Mm-hmm. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. All right, back on Mostly Automotive Marketing Friday Morning Live. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Uh, we got a uh, comment on uh, LinkedIn from John Gray. Oh. Got one. Unfortunately, I feel like there's some profit taking right now as some dealers are just looking to get the books looking as good as possible in anticipation of selling soon, given the consolidation we continue to see happening. Thank you, John, for weighing in. I appreciate it. Joining us now on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is founder at BDC Angels, BDC enthusiast and expert Wendy Reeves on Good Morning, Wendy. How are you? Oh, no, we can't hear you. I was so afraid that I wasn't going to be able to hear you. All that build up. It's okay. I can vamp while you uh, check your sound settings. Make sure your microphone is not muted. Uh, maybe the settings on your laptop. See, this is what happens when you do things live. But it's okay. I like doing things live. It's because it's a radio thing. Radio is radio's the way to do it. I see your speaker on my end. You're not muted. You're working good, but it's something you got to, uh, you got to see there. So give me, uh, I'm going to put you back on hold. Give me a thumbs up when you're, uh, when you're, when you're good. Or you can call in on the number I sent you, Wendy. We could do that too. If this doesn't work. Uh, wanted to mention, um, 
you know, I was talking earlier about the smile uh, promotion, which I thought was really cool. There's a show on Netflix um, called a trip to infinity that I, um, that I saw in my queue. So I turned it on and I thought it would be interesting, but it is totally frightening because when you think about infinity, the problem that you run into, Oh, Colin says we can hear her. Hold on. Thank you, Colin. Everyone else says they can hear you too. Hold on, Wendy. Why can't I hear you? Stand by. Stand by. Let's try something here. There we go. Operator, awesome. operator error on the radio guy. <laughs> I'm rusty. Thank you for joining me, Wendy. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I'm really happy to be back here and really glad that you're going to be back Friday mornings. You've got so much to offer and so many great guests. Thank you. I appreciate it. So fun to do. Spent some time doing radio morning shows over the summer and missed radio a little bit. And I, I, I hadn't been podcasting much lately. And I think part of the thing that I miss is the live aspect of it. There's something about being live that brings out spontaneity. Um, and it's just more exciting than when you record. I just like being live. So I figured what the hell plus anything, plus anything can happen. And once you say it, it's out there, it's in the ether. You can't take it back. You know, exactly. Listen, one of the things I miss about being on the dealership level is spending time in BDCs. I've talked about this before, but when I would visit stores in my group, I would very often hang out in the BDCs because you get a really good idea of what's going on at the dealership. You're sort of sitting in the pulse center, the nerve center of, of a dealership. And I used to spend a lot of time in BDCs and I would see a lot of different ways that BDCs were run and different philosophies from general managers and BDC directors and different ways they handled calls. And so it's been three years since I've been hanging out in BDCs. Tell me what's new. Tell me what, tell me how the pandemic and tell me how the inventory shortage has sort of changed the way that you believe BDCs are operating or should operate. Okay. Uh, well, and you made an interesting uh, comment about how you want to know what dealers think about BDCs. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of uh, common misconceptions about BDCs even before the pandemic. Um, but one of the things that's changing is initially BDCs, whether on-site or off, uh, outsourced or off-site or centralized, is... I think um, it's always been the idea that the BDC should be able to be a point of contact, set the appointments, get them in the door, and let sales take over. So that still holds true, but post uh, pre-COVID, uh, pre-pen, post, let me, blah, 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 I'm switching, I'm messing up between, let me call it COVID and uh, you can call it pandemic, but pre-COVID, I think it, the idea was you can get them in, get them in, get them in. Mm -hmm. And if it got beyond the right way to do it, if it got beyond vehicle availability or um, setting an appointment or getting a credit app, we would TO to sales. That's the way it should still work. However, there's more concern about a single point of contact. There's more concern about people want to know because they're doing a little bit more shopping and we need to find out whether they want a digital experience. They want to start online. They want to come to the dealership right away. Um, they want to have questions answered before the fact. They want a little bit of education. And we cannot just grab the low-hanging fruit and get them in, get them in, get them in. We need to put a layer of empathy on top of that. Um, one of my favorite quotes, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. So we are the first point of contact in many cases. We need to let them know that we empathize with their concerns. We may not all be in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm, whether it's 
COVID, whether it's recurring COVID cases, whether it's staffing, whether it's um, vehicle uh, inventory shortage, right? So um, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But most importantly, what the dealer's concerned about, um, and when I, we'll get into this later, but when I train agents, um, my two things that I've now discovered, we do a lot more mindset training. We need our BDCs to understand the mindset of not only the customer, but the sales department, the marketing department, everybody. We all need to work together toward the same goal. We need to provide relevance to our customers, our, to our shoppers. So the two things I always say is, number one, bring value. Number two, always remember that we're people helping people. Whatever stage and whatever arm of the game we find ourselves, right? So the dealer is concerned that um, the BDC doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't have the knowledge. Another big thing is there's always been a gap between sales and BDC. I think the dealer is concerned, and my great suggestion is that we not only need to bridge the gap between sales and BDC, but now that is variable or fixed-top BDCs, right, because mm -hmm. both are equally important, and sales, but marketing as well. We all need to be aware of the marketing pieces that are out there, so we all respond to our customers with relevance. Yes. And they don't. They know that we're not, like, throwing templates at them, that we're not listening to respond, that we're practicing active listening, that we're responding with relevance. So the dealer is concerned that uh, there's not that disconnect. They're concerned that they want the dealership culture to be portrayed to uh, across the, the wavelengths, not only in the store, and that there's some kind of quality control and accountability. How, um, so, How many times when you start helping a store or training a store, do you see like a customer call in, they get to the front desk, they ask about a mailer or a promotion, that is being run and the receptionist or the salesperson has no idea what the customer's talking about. Huh? Huh? Oh, they just said that to get you in. They just want to get appointments. They get paid on appointments. Yeah. That's many times what they say and they're clueless. I used to have a folder or a binder that I would put at the front desk. And if I was running a print ad, which I know dates me because who would run a print ad now, but I was running a print ad and, or I had a mailer go out, I would go down to the front desk. I would put, slide those things in little folders in the binder and they would be at, next to the phone. At the, and then I would send out a group email or a group me message we had that the receptionists were on. So they were familiar with it. If they heard Labor Day sales event, they weren't like, oh, it's Labor Day. Like they it, it at least would ring a bell and they go, oh, shoot, I better flip to that page. You know, oh, yeah, it's a VIP thing. You got the list. You're important. You got to come in. Let's make an appointment because that is a huge. That happens even outside of automotive. You see something, you know, I was buying a suit the other day at Joseph A. Banks and I'm like, oh, 70 percent off sale. And I go to the store and they're like, what? I'm like, the website says it's 70 percent off sale, but there's no communication between the company and the franchise. And how's that? I mean, how does that? How, what's what does a customer think when they when they when that happens to them? Like, what's their perception of that dealership? So I think if you go back uh, even twenty years to the phone ups, right from the newspaper ads, right? Yep. And um, there's and the customer. Okay, so I totally just lost my th my train of thought. Okay, was, so. Um, years ago, we, oh, I know what it was. So years ago, uh, customers used to call dealerships because they wanted a reason to check them off their list, right? Saturday morning, they circle all these ads, they call the stores, they're looking for a reason to check you off their list so right. they can go on to the next one. Well, it's the same thing now. If you don't deliver the goods immediately upon first point of contact of, of engagement, you're, you're gone. You're out of there. They're on to the next one. Most times, sometimes you get lucky. 
but don't count on getting lucky. You need to be prepared. Yeah. You know, too, and you know, just going back to what you were saying about like uh, f- first point of contact, sort of being the face of the dealership. How important is it that that per- person is um, smiling or cheery or like, you know, you walk into a place of business and the first person you see, you can tell is miserable to be there. Like that gets you started. The customer started on it like, oh boy, here we go. Like how important is it to do that? And how do you train somebody like, dude, could you be happy, please? Well, um, it's still the old smile while you dial. Put a mirror in front of them if they're remote or in, sitting in a BDC, if they're in person, same thing. That mindset, again, going back to that, they have to make every single customer feel like they're the most important one of the day. And you have no other customers, that their their points, their interests, et cetera, are vital. And you have to absolutely nail it and be, I always tell them when you go to work or wherever it is, it's like something I learned in in um, training years ago as a server in college. It's like you're walking onto a stage. And you have to have that. You you can't fake it. You have to smile. You have to you have to realize that they literally can see your face and your body language in person, but even over the phone. And I even make gestures when I'm training on Zooms and on phones. I do all that and I get in the zone with the customer. It has to be full of excitement and exuberance. And you have to have the same excitement for your dealership to sell the sizzle to your customer, Agreed. to sell the why buy from us, because we're the best out here. And we're going to take care of you. What about the BDC's location? Um, Is there an advantage? Is there a disadvantage? Does it work to have an outsourced BDC through a company? Maybe to have your in-house BDC that's working from home? Talk to me about your thoughts on that. Okay. So it's all in how you manage it, first of all. Um, And you absolutely, I wrote down a couple of points. You absolutely always have to have buy-in from the top from the DP down, not from the GM down, because they wear lots of different hats, not from the GSM or the internet director or the BDC director, whatever, starting at the top, because you have to walk the walk. You can't tell your people that you want them to do a certain thing and expect they're going to do it if you've got doubts and they can read it all over your face. So it has to, you have to have that connection. Now, what again, what dealers worry about with remote Uh, or centralized is that disconnect. So there's lots of different ways you can do that. You can do an outsource and there are several, many of whom I'm hoping you're going to, and I know you're going to have on your show, but there are several that have that connection and it's very easily done. Any one of us can tell you how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have a manager who is a direct connection to that outsource or work from home or whomever. Use your favorite messaging platform, Slack, Google Chat, Uh, WhatsApp, whatever it is, they don't have to be in the store as long as you treat them as if they're in the next room. Okay, now this includes centralized. Many uh, dealers are acquiring new stores from those that are going out of business, and they have centralized BDCs. And I've gone in to uh, train several, train the trainer ones there. They scale so fast that they don't put enough training in. They don't have accountability measures. They don't, uh, like, they don't measure what they they're expecting, what they want to, um, how they want to perform. And uh, what happens is there is loss of, if you do a TO, right? Uh, you don't get a response. Nobody's on it. If the customer waits, they're gone. So you have to have, and I thought of another way this morning, you can have a manager that you're sending a direct message to. If you've got someone on the line, you need an answer. Or another great idea for those that want to have a hybrid model, whether you go outsourced or whether you hire your own team to to work from home, Mm -hmm. maybe a boots on the ground lead BDR 
or somebody that if you need to do a TO, that person can jump up from the desk and run to the tower and say, hey, I need you to smell this car to see if it was a smoker's car. I got somebody hot about it. I got a soft close on appointment. I need you to go do that. So that's a good way for those of you that are leery that it can't be done remotely from a messaging platform. So lots of different ways to do that. And many of us who can educate you. I think there's also, you know, part of the process that's important that you mentioned is buy-in from the sales desk, from the sales tower, because I can think of a situation where, okay, let's say there's a direct phone line. The BDC is centralized in the company and they handle seven stores or whatever, but there's a direct phone line from the BDC to the sales manager. Hey, I got a guy on the line. He wants the price on this, or he needs this, or can you send me this? If the sales manager's or the BDC, the, the BDR, who is the on the boots on the ground person, doesn't treat that person like they walked in the front door. Then having the having the centralized BDC or the outsourced BDC doesn't work. It's got to be managed from the inside correctly, or you're just setting yourself up for failure, essentially. Exactly, and that's why they're too mindset. Um, they're gonna you send a guy out to go check a car and he turns around and has a fresh up walk through the front door forget yeah. it he's gonna handle the warm beating heart that's in front of him that he wants to sell a car to and you and your customer are gonna wait yeah so much of it is training even the, even from the sales manager standpoint management training you know like I come from radio and the general manager or the sales manager at a radio station was often the best salesperson who was then promoted to that management job but being the best salesperson doesn't give you management experience. You don't all of a sudden know how to manage people and processes because you were the number one salesperson for the last five years. And that happens a lot in our industry where their sales manager gets promoted, best salesperson, but they don't have the experience to understand some of the intricacies of process and how to manage people and how to handle those situations. And I think these types of things fail as much because of lack of training on the BDC side as on the management process side of things as well. You think so? Same? Agreed. So Absolutely. from a BDC training standpoint, let's say you're hiring somebody and we kind of go through this sometimes at our agency. Do you, if you're looking for someone or a BDC is looking for someone to hire, what do you think is more important that their skill set is? That they understand the customer service, the smile while you dial mindset, or that they understand our industry? Or can you can you train one, but not the other? Um, I think all of the above are important. I think that the uh, something that's very, very important too, especially if you're, you've got people that are remote is you can train, but you have to make sure that, um, and I've talked about this before, you have to get BDC. You have to have the ability to have the facts and the process and the knowledge and some product knowledge, um, culture, et cetera. However, you can't be a black and white thinker. Right. You have to recognize gray areas and be able to pivot and be able to be spontaneous and again, respond with relevance and accuracy. Um, so, and then again, that stuff has to be measured and you have to listen to call review daily to know that they're representing your business the way you want them to, wherever they're calling from. Um, so I think that's huge. The ability to be able to spontaneously um, stay on the topic, uh, address the customer's concern, but probably number one, let me back up a minute, is yep. probably active listening. I tell them, um, so we're going to teach you word tracks, this, that, the other, but the most important thing is that you're having a conversation with the customer. You're not just reporting what you know, because they don't care what you know again uh, until they know that you care. So listen to them, have a conversation, establish rapport, find out what they're trying to accomplish. And the most important thing, if they, if you come up with resistance, I'm not interested anymore, I'm just looking, 
ask the question. May I ask what's holding you back? Yeah. Let them tell you what their objection is. Then you can address it with a rebuttal and get them in the door. Wendy Reeves, BDC enthusiast, expert, and founder at, at BDC Angels. What about, um, what about this philosophy? Is a BDC agent selling a car or selling an appointment? They're definitely selling an appointment. We sell appointments, not cars. Do you, does a BDC person need to know, like a customer calls and asks a question about, does this car have Apple CarPlay? Does this car have little windshield wipers on the headlights? Like what, what is the BDC person's level of uh, training or vehicle knowledge that you think is important? Uh, well, I'll tell you, we've changed that post-COVID and actually in the last month since the retention uh, of various agents, uh, once we put them live, we find out that they're not able to navigate around the website, right? So we've spent three days this week on the website um, for a new car dealer. Um, we've spent uh, a two days actually on product knowledge for the new vehicles and, and how to find everything, all the tools at their disposal on the website and at the OEM site and the used cars. And we ask random questions and role play for a solid three days to make sure whatever question that customer asks, is it already in the pictures and they missed it or they wanted you to they wanted to pick up the phone or send an email and not do the work. Is it something that you can look at? What about a Carfax? We spend a lot of time on how to read a Carfax, yeah. right? Because people misunderstand those. Um, minor collision. Well, was there airbag deployment, et cetera, et cetera. How to work your way around that spontaneously. So I think a little bit more product knowledge, more so where to find the tools on the website are of ut the utmost importance in today's world. Now, you can tier your BDRs. You can have, if you want to do that, you can have someone that you're giving all the knowledge to, you know, a higher performing one and have someone on a basic tier that's calling and stopping the clock and doing the force response and trying to get that appointment. And if they need to escalate instead of TO into sales where you have to wait, TO to a better tenured or more educated uh, agent that can answer those more specific questions. Wendy, you're so good and passionate about BDCs and know what you're talking about. So let's plug your company here real quick before we wrap it up. Plug away. Okay. Okay. So uh, we do some whatever, outsourcing. Plug whatever you want to plug. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let me tell you. Okay. So first of all, dealers do your, uh, do your research. So many outsourced BDCs that are growing, that are absolutely fabulous. And I recommend them highly. Um, I like to do consults when dealers don't know which way to do, which way to go. Call me. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, of course, I'm not going to charge you anything. Uh, whatever you want to know, call me. I'll give you options. And when we brainstorm, when, when we collaborate, we find solutions based on, you know, your own dealership. What we do a lot of things now is a lot of independents that have a bunch of stores and franchise dealers. They'll call us. We will hire and train dealers teams de teams for dealers to work from home and bunch of hybrid models and then we will teach your manager on site how to manage them and we will stay along for the ride just to give you a little shot in the arm or a little assistance when you need it that's what we do best um i do we do a lot of train the trainer that kind of thing so look up search up wendy reeves on uh the linkedin that's the best way to get a hold of you yep or i tell you bdcangels.com your phone and computer back there banging and bonging and ringing and making noise so i feel like you Sorry. got i feel like you got some appointments to schedule so we'll wrap it up let you get at it and i appreciate your time sorry about that no Thanks, problem have a great day. it's all good thanks wendy have a good one 
Take care. Wendy Reeves joining us here on uh, Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Uh, I love doing it live. Live radio is so much fun. Live podcasting is fun. You know the old Bill O'Reilly thing where that nut job used to be on, uh, I forget the show, Entertainment Tonight maybe? Or one of those entertainment shows, I guess. And he like freaked out and the clip came online. We'll do it live. This clip. Remember this? We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. I, I edited out the swears there. But so anyway, I love that clip. It's hilarious. And then I saw on the TikTok that some guys used it and made a song out of it. And it is hysterical. So uh, I will leave you uh, with that. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Okay. tomorrow and that is it for us today i'm bill o'reilly thanks again for watching we'll leave you with sting and a cut off his new album take it away oh my god i love that thanks for listening to mostly automotive marketing with matt wilson see you next friday mostly automotive marketing with matt wilson is brought to you by wait this guy has sponsors oh never mind this sheet of paper's blank no sponsors that makes more sense for updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.